It's titled Scientists Stop Thinking Explaining Science Will Fix Things. <laughs> At some point, like six or seven years ago, I transitioned from being an, a two sneezer to a three sneezer. Yeah. And it's always true. And I'm I still am always like, is it going to be two? No, it's three. It's always three. Hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. <laughs> Brian. Uh, welcome back to another 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 hang. Hell yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And thanks as always to our Patreon backers that throw us as little as a dollar. A dollar an episode to help keep this thing going. Uh, if you want to check that out, you go to patreon.com slash zengineeringpod. Or just go to zengineeringpodcast.com where all of the links will appear for your viewing and clicking <laughs> pleasure. It's as well as magic. our episodes. As well as our episodes. <laughs> oh, so what's up, man? We're nervous. I'm nervous for this one. I, I'm not. I'm not nervous. I just. I feel out of practice. Like we haven't done this in four or five weeks or something. I feel like I. I do notice that I go into a tiny bit of a character when we start. I can feel my headspace shift. I'm like a little more happy. We, it's the stoke. We got to have the stoke. The stoke's so important. <laughs> it's so important with everything because I think you and I do a really good job at the beginning of our episodes of like really bitching and complaining to each other, <laughs> and then we kind of work through that. We're like, God, why are you being so negative? Like, cheer up, bro. And then we find the couple of things in the conversation right. that were exciting, and then we talk about them, and then we share them with our beautiful listeners. I feel like I, I just I just moved, so I feel like for one I should apologize because I don't have any of the things on my wall that usually dampen some sound. So I, I think it'll be okay. But if I do sound like I'm in a cavern, I apologize. I haven't had a tour of the new room yet your new office so it kind of just looks like you moved to the other side of it so so as we're recording this the uh global i guess not as we're recording this because time zones but at least in los angeles and washington dc the march for science is currently going dun, on dun, dun, dun. march for science and we were talking before we started rolling about uh, how we kind of feel bad because we're not there <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing a podcast that purports to talk about science i felt really dumb two days ago when i first realized that there was a march for science happening this weekend uh and then we discussed getting together to go for it go to it and uh do some recording and interview people um but uh it turns out that that was harder I, to do than we were hoping I for i signed up for it <laughs> A long time ago. It's almost the problem where I feel like the science folk were too organized because <laughs> they were like, let's get it together. We need an email list. We need this. We need that. And I signed up for all the things and then forgot about it. That's not true. I didn't completely forget about it, but <laughs> this was the only weekend we could do the move stuff. And so that directly personal event consumed my time. So then we had, so that turned into a conversation about uh, so then if I've got the two hours to maybe do a session to, to record an episode, like what's a better way to use the time if what's important to us is science going to this March or recording an episode to put on the internet for thousands of future generations to learn from and, and our, <laughs> and our hundreds of listeners, millions of listeners. Millions of potential listeners. Millions of potential listeners. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? So what do you? What do you? What do you make of the march for science? Uh, well, you know, we. Why are we here? About not this. there. If we had the time, we talked about this for a little while earlier, and we were trying to figure out. I have a I have a different uh like gut reaction to March for Science versus other forms you're so tactfully trying to explain what you when we were talking about this off mic described as because fucking bill nye <laughs> oh, i didn't know we were gonna get after bill nye so soon <laughs> well i was i was kind of joking off mic with that i do i do have uh i often reel a little bit from the way he makes comments um bill nye's great great guy great science communicator maybe not a great guy i don't know i don't know him personally well and i think you just said it and this is where i think it's relevant right is to talk about 
the purpose of the march for me and why his I'm march. like he, he's like right, one he's, of the head, he's headliners. largely organized <laughs> Bill Nye's headlining today for sure <laughs> <laughs> Coachella has um, been drained because everyone's seeing Bill Nye play live at, yeah. oh isn't there a weekend of Coachella this weekend I, too I think, so. I think there is I wonder if there's a, a conflict that's poor planning by the scientists now all the cool people can't come <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Coachella was overlooked by the science community. <laughs> but I think you said it right there, though. But that's not true. I've known about Coachella for weeks, and I don't even like big festivals. What, what the march, where the march falls into the conversation for us, I think, kicks back on, like, why, why the value of going to the march versus doing this podcast I think is relevant is because of what you were just saying, which is science communication, right? You said he's a science communicator. And so it becomes this question of, is my time better spent going to this march and supporting kind of what it's about or working to try to communicate the complex things that science tends to cover to people that might not understand it or might be afraid of science or might not know how to contextualize science in their universe of decision-making and how to lead their life, which is what it comes down to, right? Like that's where science is going to run into most people's lives. What should I eat? What paint should I put on my walls? So if I feel like the place to start maybe is, is not yet the March, but to break down the idea of science communication, which in, is us. I feel like I'm, we, I feel like, we're definitely on the lesser, more amateur side of science communication, <laughs> for sure. But I do uh, feel like we slot in there. Our reaches, um, I think our our uh, our insight is top notch. <laughs> <laughs> um, our research prowess, maybe not so much. Our attention to specific factual details at all cost. I mean, do we need to back this up further to never mind what science is, but like talk about the sort of class of scientists? And I don't mean class in like a upper or lower sense. I mean, class like Dungeons and Dragons, like the mages and the rogues and the, and the, yeah, what and is, the warriors. What is, what's science? <laughs> I feel like that's too far back. What are scientists? What are scientists? Because well, I think a science, it, a science, a scientist is someone who practices science. And we've talked about it before, and someday we'll do an episode that is straight up more like letter by letter. Here's the scientific method. I feel like we kind of did it in the in the last the planets episode because uh, we, we kind of talked through the Reformation and the Enlightenment and all that stuff. We did some good stuff with that first planets episode. But people that work on science for a living, I feel like, are scientists, and at the <laughs> and at the and at the side of that gradient where you almost tip over into not being a scientist, you you increasingly become just science communicators, and then at some point you tip over into not knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but so, well, that kicks back. I think what made me think that is when we were talking about research, right? Because there are researchers, which is different from what I think people probably envision when you say scientist, which is like a right. dude with gloves in a lab coat with beakers in front of them, like doing what they would call bench work. Um, scientists would call bench work. I, when I picture a scientist, I picture a white lab coat and someone doing chemistry experiments at a, at a laboratory desk. Uh, and that's a disservice, I think, a I think, right? Like a lot of this, this kicks back on on what you're saying about science and access to science at some point, which is like the fact of that weird esoteric vision for what a scientist is, is probably a broad disservice to science at large. For sure. I, th I think a lot of people, I mean, <laughs> there aren't a lot of scientists job there aren't a lot of jobs that are like pure scientists like people doing it's a very it tends to be a very academic pursuit and even in industry right so because i mean i think because an engineer i feel like people slot in there you've got all the different branches of science chemistry biology whatever but there are people doing experiments i think there are people researching previous experiments yeah 
And then there are people talking about all of this shit, right? Well, like I'm trying to break it down to just three or four slots, right? What made me think of that was when we said research. We don't research very heavily, but we listen to people who all they do is research. And then we use that to distill ideas about how you apply that to your life more so than let me explain more science to you again. Well, the idea of research really just comes down to you're testing things to prove things or optimize things or uh, answer questions. Like everyone's doing science all day long. But everyone pictures science as like the three exposures they have growing up, which are chemistry, mixing some things in a beaker and seeing like foam come out or something like the volcano thing where you pour vinegar and baking soda and a volcano like they think of i think people think of right. stuff like that and then they think of they think of like uh physics like class fun your scientist to do on the weekend fun experiments or nerds doing math at a chalkboard right the, the one of the <laughs> interesting things that's happened with modern science i think is that it's gotten away from the the like easily approachable fun stuff because someone already went out and like categorized all the birds you know someone else like some other lady got to hang out with the apes and study them for a long time and so now science has been in in the modern era like the science jobs that are available for the most part are like crunch numbers on some really specific esoteric invisible thing um much like most of the well, stuff we talk about here, it's been digitized. It's right. been mac microscopized. It's tiny. What sort of plays into this, that's the thing that we've never experienced before, is what we talked about in part one of the AI episode, which is we're also we're recording the results of all this stuff. So part of the problem, I think, with science now is it's so molecular. It's It's just magic. It's like what we talk about yeah. all the time. But like when you were talking about tests, like what, what came to mind for me was like, if you put your trash can in a place and you stub your toe on it a couple of times, like you have data points. Shit, I stub my toe on the trash can when it's there. So maybe if I put it over here, that won't happen. And then when it hasn't happened for a certain amount of time, like you just ran a test. You tried it in one place, didn't work. You put it in another place, right? Like you're using the scientific method. You just don't realize it because it's so blunt that it doesn't seem to line up with the highfalutin way that everybody treats science. It's a very funny, funny way to put it. Right. A funny way to, a funny example of that. <laughs> it just, but you were saying, what is the tests, optimal place right? for a trash can? Like people use tests all the time they just don't think of it that way and so maybe maybe what you're trying to chase down is like rather than it's it's hard to realize you've achieved the level of science if you haven't studied science but people are doing it constantly when they just make a decision that one thing is better than another based on x that is an experiment biology is really hard to teach at the places where scientists are doing biology it's just so complicated people who are doing what you would call a science job. And I think what people would envision, which is like testing things, doing experiments, standing in a lab with a, with a beaker, mixing some things together and writing down the results. But then there's this whole other subset of people that just look up old results and really aggressively compare them to other results and try to come up with like meta analysis and, trend data and things that say, based on all these tests, here's what you should do. But they're also, because they're really good at understanding the stuff that the people are doing with lab coats, they're not so good at writing it down in a way where your average person can understand it. And I feel like there used to be a slot in there for like your chemistry teacher, your physics teacher, your biology teacher, and it was easy to plop into education that way. But now it's so complicated and recorded for all time, these, this, this science communicator thing has popped up. Uh, I don't think science suffers from uh, a problem that any other thing, any other topic, any other academic pursuit doesn't also suffer from. It just happens to kind of be... Science happens to be the progression of academics. It happens to be the progression of intelligence and understanding and the pursuit of knowledge. It is... Reading is just a stepping stone to learning how to do science. 
learning math is a stepping stone to doing science. Math happens to also be a, a lengthy pursuit in reading and writing and literature, but you can have reading and writing without science. You can have reading and writing without chemistry. You can't have chemistry without reading and writing. So in my mind, science is is a different level. It's a higher level in education and it needs to be treated that way and it needs to be approached that way and i used to have an incredibly uh pretentious attitude towards other academic pursuits because of that feeling and that sense and i don't feel like that's wrong i I don't feel like that sense was wrong i feel like that attitude is incredibly wrong because it's not productive um and i think the science communicator is important because science sits at a level in academia academia that it it by nature is just a more complex level it's a higher level of understanding it's a deeper subject to go into it there's more pieces feeding into it and so we need to address the idea that it's harder to get people into it it's much easier to teach someone to read and to appreciate great works of fiction than it is to first teach them to read, get them to appreciate great works of fiction, learn history and understand the history of science, and then layer on top the complexities of chemistry and biology and physics and mathematics. That's so much harder. So we're, I think we're at a point now where the whole world is exposed to this stuff in a way that it just is in your face, literally in your face all day. You're staring at one of the most complex things ever made all day long. People are staring at their phones and just consuming information and comic book movies. And we're just at this nexus of science overtaking everyone's daily life. And now everyone wants to know about it. But if you're not, if you don't have a background in it, it's, it's so easy to get confused by what's going on. Even if you have a background, it's so confusing. It's so complicated. And we need to communicate it. We need these science communicators. Well, and I feel like why why it's that complicated is a question for a separate podcast about the what the scientific method is Maybe but part what two it, of this but series. what it is is a <laughs> method of inquiry and there so the question then i guess is like if you if you're trying to fill this space of how you introduce people to the idea of science and the scientific method as much as they need to have to be introduced to it to understand the things that are going on in their life and trust science as an answer for why certain things happen or why you should essentially it'll come down to why you should behave certain ways or believe certain things or hold certain things as true i mean like anything in education i think it ultimately can should be and needs to be broken down into little little microcosms, little tiny steps, little pieces of information. And science for like a casual science enthusiast, um, which I would say we're hardcore science enthusiasts, um, but even for the casual science enthusiast, the, the internet is a great place to learn about science because of all those perspectives. You can go look up 10,000 different videos and a million articles on any little topic that you want to learn about. And it's interesting when you do science, scientific research is not when you do research about science on the internet, uh, you realize quickly how complicated it is because you'll watch 10 videos and they'll all subtly disagree with each other on little aspects of what they're talking about. And then you'll go read articles and, and people will be arguing over what's right and wrong on, on, on again, little, little minutia of the point. And that's what makes it so interesting. Cause it is, it's just, it's so complicated and the level, it just never ceases to be an endless source of questions, no matter what you're asking about in science, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And so at some point you don't need to understand that stuff (laughs) to apply it to your life. And I think the slot where we fall and a lot of science, what I think you would think of as science communicators, you know, the listeners, I mean, the Bill Nye's, the Neil deGrasse Tyson's, the, the myth busters, like they're, they're all implicitly picking a cutoff beyond which it's not important for you to understand what's happening because it's just too, it's too complicated. Here's the point I'm trying to make about how to lead your life. Here's what you need to understand. I think that perspective 
is maybe that's maybe that's where I uh get frustrated with a lot of other science communicators cuz I think the nature of science like one of the fundamental aspects of science whether or not this is what people talk about I think is that it's an endless pursuit of information and answers to questions it will never end I think that's an exciting part about it I think that's like a feature of our universe you will never know everything how however deep we dig there will always be questions uh I think that's cool. I think that's like a fundamental aspect of life and it's part of science. And I think if you don't explain science that way, that you destroy, it's a dead end. You explain, hey, this is how this thing works, period. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how it works. I used to get that a lot when we were kids. I was I was really fortunate to have people like you around, a ton of people like you around, friends like you who were so smart and so in, inquisitive that we would constantly ask questions in classes where it took it out of context for the class it took it too far to where we didn't didn't need to go like for instance i remember asking like so (laughs) are so if gravity affects everything like am i drawn to this desk and i remember questions like that sometimes being like dismissed which is totally reasonable that's like a weird abstract concept to bring up when you're trying to talk about like simple gravitation simple gravitation between planetary bodies but like that's that is that was the essence of science. If the teacher had said, uh, you know what, fuck the course plan, we're gonna talk about the philosophy of you being what does it mean that you're drawn to that desk and that desk is drawn to you? Let's dig into that. Like that's science. That's the excitement, that's the thrill behind it. It's those questions that you get to chase that aren't applicable to the test the next day because testing sucks in its own right, and we'll have an episode on that. But it that that thrill that pursuit of gold coins that pursuit of like of answers and and the pursuit of more questions is what makes it so exciting and so gold fun coins. giving giving answers to people is boring presenting questions to people is exciting what i think is interesting is that there's this like it's all over youtube it's it's always been on television as long as i've remembered like we had bill nye we had like Beekman's world, <laughs> um, you know, and then Mythbusters. Like I think of all of those shows as science communication shows, and they're sort of about thinking in sciencey ways. Or here's cool science things you can do. That's the, uh, and that's that. That brings us back to the topic at hand a little bit here with the March for Science. I think the problem there is that. Only the person who's already interested and intrigued by science is going to go home and watch those videos and dig deeper. Just like now, the people who don't... Uh, God, I mean, I I can't well, imagine so- having... I don't know anyone who I, I don't think believes in climate change, who doesn't like understand climate change. I've found that it is extraordinarily difficult to explain science to people who haven't studied a science it's the rare exception because even people who are super open-minded and extremely intelligent they have absolutely no framework for how science is done because they've never ever ever run an experiment they've never ever ever done anything with they've never done anything where they're like i'm gonna test something they've never tested anything and so the whole underlying principle of science, of the scientific method, is lost on almost the entire population. And it doesn't mean they don't get excited about science. It doesn't mean they don't appreciate the complexities and the amazing things we have. But like the appreciation of like its stature, its foundation, its like endless centuries, millennia of trial and error to prove things um is just lost and it feels like it's it feels like made up literature there's something non-structural about it that you have that appreciation when you really understand and you've done it well i think that piece comes back to what we frequently talk about which is uh, the where science education has failed in that in order to try to wedge the idea of this broad method of (laughs) 
of studying science into a curriculum, it ends with, here's a set of facts you have to memorize to pass the test, right? We've talked about that at length before. Mm-hmm. So that makes it seem like science is just as dogmatic as, you know, anything with a set of things you need to memorize. And then those are the rules you're finished with science. Yeah. That's doing a disservice to the scientific method. Um, but it's more like uh, to frame it around the March, like why, what's our beef with science communication as it relates to the idea of this March, right? Like as, as it relates to the idea of what Bill Nye does every day, which I love, you know, like I, I, I like him generally, but I do think you're right. He's, he, he gets condescending when he's talking to people and it's like, if somebody doesn't understand why a fact is a fact, you can't just say, well, Tucker fucking Carlson, it's a fact. Like, great. But Tucker doesn't understand what a goddamn fact is. So that doesn't work. That's a bad example, because Tucker does understand what a fact is, and he's playing a character to be popular yeah. on television. But so is Bill Nye. Bill um, Nye very much is playing a character. But you can also tell, I can, I can feel his personality come into it, and I can feel his frustration with a lifetime of being a nerd and a lifetime of people less intelligent than him trying to correct him because he, he he corrects people in an aggressive... He'll even correct other scientists in ways where he's like, oh, you're a scientist, not an engineer. So, you, of course, you wouldn't know that structural aspect of a material. He's a mechanical <laughs> engineer by trade, right? Like, that's his I think training. So. He worked for yeah. Boeing, I think. He started out with the show for kids that was like, hey, here's fun science stuff, right? Yeah. Like, he's famous as a science communicator for goofy shit. Mm-hmm. And, and now, now he's all serious and now he's frustrated because he he kind of hoped he would educate a generation i think and i think he did like all the people he educated are not in power yet we're still too young like i, I just a... passed into being old enough to run for the senate <laughs> yeah, was he on when we were kids yeah i don't remember no, he was he was show. prime saturday morning time for us bill and i the science guy we, we are his demographic from way back for sure I don't really remember um, his show very well. Early 90s. Certainly remember Mr. Wizard, you know, like. Mr. Wizard. Wow. I haven't heard of him in a long time. <laughs> I mean, picture that guy. Man, he was doing science shows back when it was black and white. I appreciate the name Mr. Wizard, though. It sort of acknowledges the mystical component of. I think that's an important part. I think that's a piece that uh, Bill Nye misses on. He doesn't acknowledge the magic of it. And people will actually say that and he'll fight it. It's not magic. It's science. This is how it works. Mm, it's kind of magic, bro. <laughs> Does it? You're not. You're not actually all the things that we can do these days that are Marvel superhero capabilities. We couldn't do those before science. And that's that's definitely the intro drop right there. <laughs> uh, that's magic, bro. <laughs> no, but but I do think that's important though, because those two spaces I think are the intersection, like where we try to dwell. Which is yeah. to acknowledge that it's on some level, science just seems like magic. It's really cool because if you want to tag along with us or you want to go to other podcasts that we can refer you to, we can continue to explain it at a more and more granular level. But even eventually we get to a point where they're like, well, past that, nah, magic. It's magic. Sure. <laughs> well, we sure. don't know. We don't and that's know. the exciting part of science is admitting that you don't know something. Why do we have to know everything? But And this is the thing where I think it clashes with religion, because religion says the answer is have faith that this magical thing is in charge of it, and if you don't, you're failing. Don't Whereas science it. just acknowledges that we don't know and says keep exploring, because maybe someday we could. Let's, so let's back it up to like the general, the broad, the purpose of the March for Science. I think more broadly, yeah. like what's the message of this gathering? What's what's what, what are we supposed to be proving by saying half a million people showed up for this? Here, I'll, right? I'll tell you, I'll read you their their headline on their mission. The March for Science champions robustly funded and publicly communicated science as a pillar of human freedom and prosperity. We unite as a diverse nonpartisan group to call for science that upholds the common good and for political leaders and policymakers to enact evidence based policies in the public interest. So essentially funding, 
fund us and stop making decisions that are based on your gut reaction. And that's a deep mission statement to discuss because there are flaws in a lot of those things. We we hit up against science not being able to answer big questions all the time. And that's super relevant to policymaking. There is not a lot of science being done that an- that answers how to do regular policy because most policy is not world ending climate change most policy is where do we build the bus lane right so the the mission of this i think is to just to build the bus lane <laughs> that's most policy right <laughs> where's the bus lane going how does the garbage truck get over it to I go pick up your garbage almost more important than the mission is why now and <clears throat> and a lot of the headlines you see about this says like to push Question. back against Trump's policies, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I don't think it's explicitly anti-Trump, but Trump's Trump yes, and the is. wave <laughs> in politics right now is toward like less, honestly, just less funding for these projects because they think, well, you're not finding answers based on what my gut says or whatever agenda. And they're pulling funding, which means these scientists who are working on important things like how do I cure cancer are are not are losing their government money. Like a lot of these projects are really boring. And it's part of like part of the I think part of the problem with science is when you say you're like we're doing an experiment to prove something, the way you actually do competent science is to instead be trying to disprove something. I'm trying to prove that this isn't how it is. And a lot of those tests are really boring because a victory looks an awful lot like a loss, especially if the headline about the science you're doing is, yep, that wasn't a cure for cancer either. (laughs) Right? Like that's super boring. And so, but now we don't have to study that anymore because we proved that it won't work. But now we don't have to study that anymore. We wrote it down. Now you all know also. But it's still, so, it's still boring. And so politicians don't get up there and go, you know what we're going to keep doing is finding things that aren't the cure for cancer. <laughs> right? Like you, can't, you can't do that. And so, then, so, so, the, so important science funding is always a political football. It's, it's really hard right now in the current political climate to know what anyone's intentions are with stuff like this. Because... Science is established enough in our world that you can't pretend like it's not there. Like you can't pretend that you don't understand it. You can't pretend that it's not being used for things. You can't fucking tweet without a shitload of science being involved. That is Twitter runs on science. A lot of it at an extreme depth. Physically, you can't tweet. Every aspect of science that we've ever discovered has gone into building Twitter. Whether or not you want to admit that, it is like a lot of science. And so to pretend so when people get up and they're and they make these big sweeping policy changes or suggestions or ideas and they seem to be anti science, they still have to like couch it in oh, it's not anti-science. It's just like my scientists or alternative scientists or some scientists. And so I don't know what people's actual beliefs are. I can't I can't talk to Donald Trump. And well, and I think that comes down to the real. So why it's a, why it's a thing to talk about right now. But I also don't know if the march is the answer is because. All that I think the march can ultimately demonstrate to someone who needs to be converted or educated or needs to help understand this stuff or like the people, the the choir that you need to be preaching to uh, doesn't give a shit if an extra million, two million, three million, seven million people show up for this rally. Like, I don't think if this were bigger than the women's march, I don't think it would change how Donald Trump's administration would do anything differently regarding science funding. The I'm I'm this is, this is a great point that you're bringing up and it's something we talked about before this. I'm uh, very concerned. I'm I'm excited to see uh, news coverage and stuff. And, and I'm bummed that I didn't go to this, but because I don't think I mean, not in recent years, there haven't been, I can't think of a time where science 
like an abstract thing is marching, right? I think of marches as things that people do for themselves. It's like I am a black man marching on Washington for social justice. Science is like an abstract concept. It can't march. So you have these representatives there. And I also, I have a deep, I have a deep concern that the March for Science is just a bunch of eggheads in white lab coats, which is going to come across extraordinarily pretentious to the rest of the world. Right. Because it's very expensive, very difficult to become a scientist. And most people don't unless their parents are scientists. Right. But that relates to the importance of communication, right? Because I think that the like Bill Nye's mission is to cut out that privilege piece. If you can watch TV, you can learn about science in his world. Like my extra person at this march doesn't do as much as this conversation will right now existing on the internet for people to listen to. And as the money that I give to various organizations to pay for science to happen is like if every single person that was going to go to this March today, instead just gave $10 to the right place, that would have a much greater impact than whatever the fuck is going to happen today. Uh, I, I would agree with that. Maybe more than $10. Yeah. You'd have to give a lot more than $10 probably, (laughs) but I'm, I'm with you. Our, our dollars are our votes. And so I think part of that impact has to do with the audience you're trying to reach. But then I think it's also what you're talking about, right? There's going to be a bunch of speakers today. And those speakers are going to be live broadcasted. They're going to sound pretentious and they're going to sound smug. The problem is not trying to explain science to people. The, the problem is trying to explain science to people smugly. Anything yeah. explained to me smugly. I'm like, fuck off. I don't have yeah. time for this. Even yeah, if, if I, wearing- in the back of my mind, I know you're right. If you're wearing a lab coat, honestly, in today's, I mean, if you're dressed too nicely, (laughs) you're going to come across as smug. Just be a normal fucking person. And it's going to sound like, these are facts and people need to listen to our facts. And that doesn't mean anything to the people that are over there going, I don't agree. Like, science has a huge, huge problem right now. And its problem is just that the world is very complicated and i think for a long time <clears throat> science has been presented as fact and we have a culture now that expects science to give us all the answers because it has given us tremendous things right i mean i always use the iphone as an example i don't think most people appreciate how fucking absurd an iphone is in terms of the technology that's in it but magical. Um, how magical it is i mean right it's like it's coming back to that same thing where i mean I, I think it's a great example for the thing that we're up against which is the complexity of science, science but to the march and to your beef with bill nye science has a huge problem because of its complexity and when it's not presented in a way that is welcoming it is very easy to turn people off because most people get turned off to science when they're young because it's really fucking hard. It's hard to do the math. It's hard to understand how the physics of a car going on a ramp works. It's hard to understand the chemistry of like your cellular activity. And so I occasionally catch a lot of patronizing comments from science communicators. And I get a little bit of attitude from Bill Nye Uh, when he's talking sometimes and he's a very accomplished engineer i think he worked for boeing for years on aircraft he worked on all the 700 series boeing aircraft and so he's got an experience a level of experience with scientific understanding and science application as an engineer that allows him to understand things that most people just they have no frame of reference for they can't talk to you about how a plane flies but he were he worked in the physics to build planes like there's So he goes through the world seeing that stuff in just a different perspective. And you have to be so gentle, firm, but gentle with your application of that knowledge when you share it with people, because there are just so many ways to turn people off to it. It's so it's taken me 35 years to be able to have a casual conversation at a dinner party with someone about science and not have them be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Well, I think it's because it's a it ends up digging at like the roots of what is knowledge and stuff, because you it's really easy to get frustrated in a scientific in a science conversation if you have a lifetime of understanding how science works because you through the methodology you have a particular understanding and a particular belief and a particular trust in the truth of what you're saying um 
and it's so ingrained and so secure because of the nature of the scientific method. When you're talking to somebody, like it's it's really easy to just sort of feel like, ah, I, you understand what you're saying if you if you understand the science behind a thing to a certain you know to whatever degree relative to the topic. Somebody like Bill Nye, when he's talking about how climate change works or how the wing on an airplane works, like the steadfastness with which he holds that belief surpasses religion. And so when you're talking about how staunchly someone that really, really believes religion, like, or, or has faith in their religion, you're having this problem. Like, like I think part of what you have to realize is the people that I think we're struggling to what causes the misunderstanding when it comes to science is such a weird, deep philosophical level question that like you, you really, it's, it, it's hard as someone that understands science, not be frustrated with essentially the pace that you need to move in order to get someone on board with believing in say climate change, the way that you do as a scientist. And currently we try to overpower them by saying, Hey, more scientists believe this. And that's not really helpful. And to me, that's what the March is. Hey, here's even more people that believe the many scientists who believe what we believe, but the people that you need to believe in climate change. So they'll change the way they vote or they'll change the way that they talk to people are still just going, great, I don't care. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> as much as we're talking right now about the problem with science being that it's complicated, and I, I think those are problems with... But those are not the problem that's facing the world. That problem is more like, how do we get more kids to study science? Because it's a great opportunity. It's interesting. It's amazing. It's magical to people who have found that. The bigger problem right now has absolutely nothing to do with that. The problem is just two-sided, bipartisan angry aggressive separation of right. human humanity by angry aggressive people and well and i guess what i'm trying to catch up with here is how to go into the world and think scientifically apply the scientific method talk to people scientifically while not being the smug like bill nye yelling at tucker carlson on cnn is not helping anything i don't think because to the people that yeah. agree with Bill Nye, they're going, yeah, he's defending us. And the people that don't, they're going, oh, fuck that guy. He's such yeah. an asshole. So like, what, what can you learn from that to carry into your life if you want to apply the kind of stuff that we talk about with engineering and, and continue to have excitement about the stuff that we're... Because I think that's what it comes down to me. Like, I'm super fired up about this stuff. And I love to talk to other people that are curious about it and want to take part in the curiosity that science promotes but you don't want to shut it down for them in a way that you bump up against the thing where it's like, Oh, that fun conversation just died because I didn't, I didn't approach it the right, like with the right mindset, I guess. I It's the, I've found that it's the excitement and it's the intrigue and it's the mystery that allows me to have uh, good conversations about science with people who generally aren't thinking about science all day like I am. <laughs> so uh, that seems to be the model that is effective for sharing that excitement with people. And then you just have to tie it into other stuff. It can't... It's... it's again, it kind of... I feel like, like you it can't talk about back. carbon dioxide. What the fuck is that? It's all clear and it goes in my body and comes back out. <laughs> But you can see that? car exhaust, it smells bad, and if you suck on too much of it, you die. Like, this is what I think came up when we were talking to Mike about how yeah. you might present climate change, right? Use smokestacks, use tailpipes, and own the fact that at some level, we just don't know. Even science doesn't know. And I feel like if you can kind of get your head around those two things, like concrete examples... And humble. an acknowledgement of the fact that everyone is starting from no one knows anything and we just want to learn more, then you don't you don't beat out what I think is the important part, which is just that like science promotes this endless curiosity, right? Like just keep in inquiring, right? There's never like we, we tend to present science like here, we found an answer. But we only found an answer because 
we narrowed down all the things that isn't the right answer. <laughs> and so you can just keep doing science by either retesting things to bolster our knowledge base or by testing new things. And, and that's promoted in that community. And I think everybody is stoked about that for the same reason we were talking about in planets, right? Just keep exploring. That's what yeah. we like doing. And that's what science is all about. Science just, is all about exploring. And just how do you take people on that journey instead of one of shouting at uh, Tucker Carlson? And so I guess when it comes back to the march, maybe we are fucking up because maybe a giant mass of people together saying that science is cool is how you beat the fact that we felt like alienated nerds for some of our interests. Maybe it is just about enthusiasm and the stoke is stoke is, you know, just to see a lot of people fired up about science at a March. I think, I think I this topic touches, it touches a really deep part of my, uh, understanding and appreciation of the world. And I think it really touches at the heart of what we want to do with our podcast. Um, and it's funny that I don't think we talked about this when we started this, this topic earlier, but, um, this really is the core of why I'm passionate about talking about this stuff and presenting it and getting it out to people is because there's a new, uh, like anything, there's a, there's a new opportunity right now to blend modern Western science uh, with all the things that battle it. I mean, you've brought up religion a bunch of times in this conversation and that spirituality is not going anywhere because science can't answer has not answered, maybe someday it will, has not answered what the, f what the hell we're doing here. What is, what is planet Earth and why does it seem to be orbiting around a big fireball? Did you just back That's off so saying dumb. fuck because hell was a better double entendre to go with that sentence about religion? I like to think my subconscious made that, that literary decision on its own. But no, you just <laughs> didn't want to swear. I've used fuck a lot this episode, so I was trying to use a different <laughs> profane word. You got to um, come in under the limit for an R rating. <laughs> how many How many are we allowed before know. we have to put the... I, I think you can have one and still be PG-13. We've still got to remove that explicit bullshit from our iTunes account because they don't care about profanity. We took it off for a little while and then it popped back up. So I think they, they might it have back up? switched to an algorithm. Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> now they're paying what are the seven words? To our words. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's... There's just an ever-evolving way to explain things in the world in a way that uh, is appealing to more people, you know? And science is, science is really deep scientific understanding is a really new thing. Not only is most of the stuff that we, like, think about and reference as science only recently really understood, uh, but to expose people to it everyone's exposed to interesting articles about science now because it's so prolific as a, as a pursuit that it is involved in every, every single interest one has in the world, no matter what it is, even if you don't think your interest is scientific based science is there big time. And you're reading articles in every edge of the world that reference scientific studies. And so it's there and it's time for, for it to like really be understood. It's time for, for it to become a deeply philosophical pursuit in people's lives to understand and appreciate science because science is not just facts that I'm barfing at you because science has evolved. If you go back a hundred years, everything that we think is right now, most of it was different a hundred years ago and a hundred years from now, a whole lot of the stuff we think is right will be wrong. Newton is still held up as one of the greatest scientists of all time. And he is for all the things he discovered. But most of the stuff that he discovered, a lot of the stuff that he discovered, a lot of the stuff that he wrote down that we believed was true forever is not really true when you go a little deeper. It still is a great approximation. It's still taught. It's still important. It's still foundational. But it's not really right. It's wrong. We, we went further. We went deeper and it changed. It's weird. And it'll always be that way. And I guess I feel like the answer instead of a march is to have like stoked, curious conversation with people that potentially don't understand everything you were just saying versus what I think the march achieves, which is just to try sh to show mass approval for science.
Yeah. Um, but also, it's a lot of work to go downtown, like make a sign, <laughs> walk a few blocks. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, it's, this, is, it's just, this is like too big a one for me to feel like I'm at a place where I can be like, okay, was, here's the moral. Get out of here. No, this was a, you know? we didn't really necessarily mean to do this episode because I laughed when we started talking about it earlier. I was like, oh, so are we addressing like the biggest point behind our own existence in, <laughs> in the universe and the reason we're doing our podcast? Um, is Are we addressing religion versus science right now? Which I, I, I want to do in a hundred part episode you know i want i feel like that's the nexus where we exist as a podcast and kind of where you and i try to exist as people and i think we uh i think this is a fun we just did a fun little conversation barely scratching the surface on stuff that is kind of core to what we're doing here so i think we'll we'll do a little research on some places that you can throw some money on a regular basis if you didn't go to the march and you feel bad like us <laughs> i think that i think i think i've certainly made the case for that as a better option anyway um this is the case you presented sir and otherwise just stay stoked keep exploring peeps love engineers i love the names engineers i feel dumb every time i say it it's just so blatantly like <laughs> it's really Branding. really good it's a really good brand though <laughs> and i really want people running around i want like people's kids in little zengineer onesies not zengineering i want i am a zengineer little kids little onesies that's what we should start making which incidentally are available on our store at stuff.zengineeringpodcast.com do we have onesies up there that say i am a zengineer uh no but you got till tuesday to make one and put it up well shit <laughs> i want to make those and start giving them to all my friends that have Onesies aside, thank you to everybody for hanging out for another one of these. That's not Uh, the point of this episode. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon backers. If you want to throw us a buck an episode over there, go to zengineeringpodcast.com, and there's a big pretty link. And uh, and hey, welcome to any of our new viewers. If you you made it this far, I'm impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, everyone. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Enjoy your science stoked Saturday or Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> science stoked. Is there a shirt in there? Saturday science stoked. Saturday science yeah. stoked. Science Saturday. So many ass words. <laughs> shit. So many swords. <laughs> shit. 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 Oh man. <laughs>